Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Travel Agent Academy. Travel Agent Academy provides you with the most advanced interactive travel agent training available on products sure to both impress and protect your clients. From popular destinations to top resorts around the world, plus cruises and comprehensive travel insurance. The award-winning content is designed to help you learn and retain information in fun and interactive ways and help increase bookings by empowering you to sell as a specialist. You'll learn how to acquire a strong grasp of each product's key selling points. You can gain credits, earn rewards, and even learn on the go on your tablet device. Learn more about these free programs at TravelAgentAcademy.com. What's up, everyone? Today is Monday, January 8th. Happy New Year, everyone. A special Monday episode to kick off the year this time as we uh, were doing some traveling later this week. I'll be doing a big trip down to Orlando, flying down later this week. It's a Christmas present from my mother-in-law to our family to visit the House of the Mouse. Yes, going to Disney World, uh, trips over things as gifts. That's the way to go. So thank you to my mother-in-law there. Uh, My soon-to-be four-year-old is over the moon about Cinderella's castle and me, well... I need to stretch some more. Got a lot of walking ahead this week, so I probably should get on that. So we got a fun show for you today. We'll be talking 2024 travel trends. Uh, you can reach out and to us at podcast at travelpulse.com. We also have a hotline for the show. You can call in and leave a message. 201-381-3017 is the Travel Pulse podcast number. And now joining me on the show is Veranda Atkins, founder of Travel Legacy, a high-end travel agency, as well as the Association of Black Travel Professionals, an organization dedicated to the development of black travel agents. Welcome to the show, Veranda. Tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate the invite. So I, like you said, am Veranda Atkins. I've been in the travel industry for about 23 years. I started off uh, working for Travel Impression. So I worked there in uh, the sales department for several years. And then in 2014, I started my own agency, Travel Legacy, um, where we focus on mostly destination weddings and large groups to just different destinations around the world. I kind of put my calendar together and say the places that I want to go and then get some people to go with me. So um, that's what I do at Travel Legacy. And in 2020, I co-founded the Association of Black Travel Professionals with Shantae Harrison. She and I, we met in a Facebook group and just kind of clicked and started bouncing questions and ideas off of each other. And so during the pandemic, no one was traveling. After we had canceled all the bookings and gave back all the refunds that we could, we kind of just used that time to uh, create the Association of Black Travel Professionals. And so we launched that in December 2020. Congratulations on 10 years on the agency. You said 2014. Here we are in In 2024 (laughs) now, a big year ahead. So we're going to discuss 2024 travel trends and what to expect this year in the industry coming up a little bit later on in the show. But first, as we do for every episode, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with a wild weekend in travel. First, with the big one, the news in the travel industry is the FAA grounded some Boeing planes after a door panel ripped off in a terrifying incident on board. An Alaska Airlines plane was forced to make an emergency landing after the cabin became depressurized due to a door panel flying off, uh, coming loose mid-flight and then flying off. Fortunately, 
The 171 passengers and six crew members on board were returned safely. Nobody was seated right next to the door, thank goodness. So, But these uh, Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes have uh, been grounded and uh, forced Alaska Airlines and United Airlines as well to cancel some flights too. So not ideal for aviation travel here and uh, continued bad news for Boeing. So Miranda, your thoughts on this wild story of over the weekend? Yeah, you know what? It's, it's, actually, I have a funny story kind of that ties into that. One of my travel agent friends uh, just became, his best friend works for Alaska Air. And he just became his companion for for that. And so I was laughing when I saw that Alaska because he was super excited. We were on the phone talking about all the places that he was going to get to go now. And he was looking at flights. And then I saw that door fiasco and I was like, uh oh, maybe he wants to wait a couple of May want to rethink getting on Alaska. <laughs> right. Before he left back. You know, it's crazy because as much as um, as we fly, you know, with being in the travel industry, it's always like, you know, you say your prayers before you get on the plane and just hope everything goes right. But I, I know we all have those stories of like near misses. So it's, it's kind of scary, but it's also great that the FAA is taking, you know, such a proactive approach to try to get these things fixed. That's one of the things when I'm traveling and flying on planes in other countries, I'm always like, hey, what are their regulations like? Are they as stringent as ours? Are they, you know, do they follow some of the same stuff? Because I kind of just that that's my, you know, my solace when I'm flying. Like, hey, I know that all these planes have to go through, you know, rigorous tests and, and things like that. I was just on a flight coming back the other day and we were loaded on the plane and the pilot said that he heard a buzzing, a buzzing noise. So they called maintenance on the plane and maintenance was like, yeah, we don't know what that buzzing noise is, so we need to get you guys a new plane, so we need you to get off and get back on. But it's like, hey, I'm glad we found it on yeah. the ground. And not, <laughs> <laughs> you're not, not, not in the air. And it was crazy because the flight that I was on was only like a 31-minute flight, but still who knows what would have happened you know, in that 31 minutes. So I'm glad they're taking that approach and just getting everything straightened out so people can get to where they need to go safely. Definitely so, yeah. Safety the top of mind and top priority yeah. for the FAA. It was great, great to see they, they acted really swiftly on that. And, you know, unfortunate for the people that were on planes that were impacted and, yeah. you know, soon grounded. But, I mean, just imagine me and one of the, the pilots or the passengers on that the flight that right. lost its door and then also right. being on a, a flight later in the day knowing that, oh, I was on a Boeing 737-9 MAX, whatever. And Absolutely. Yeah, my flight got canceled, but at least I'm not on that. Maybe something, exactly. yeah. So. Exactly. And that's what I always tell people. It's like, hey, better they find it on the ground and let's delay and cancel whatever we need to and everybody is safe. Then mm -hmm. we figure it out in the air. And now, because I don't know what I would do, like if I was on something, as much as I have to fly and travel, if I was on something that happened like that, I always ask myself, like, how soon would you get back on the plane right, after yeah. something like that happens? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would, it would take some some long, hard uh, thinking yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. The, uh, the plane door that flew off that was found in someone's backyard, which was a huge relief for the investigators, as they say that's a key uh, find there, that they can just, uh, study that up. But can you imagine waking up to that and being like, what is that in my backyard right, right now? <laughs> it looks like, right. does that say Alaska on it? What is this? What? Yeah. Crazy, crazy, um, crazy. And the other wild news over the weekend, we had a lot of cancellations and delays of flights, too, because the winter storm Ember uh, was powering through the Northeast. Thousands of flights impacted. Uh, we're in the winter woes travel season right now, and you never know what Mother, Mother Nature might do. Jack Frost out there uh, getting things dicey. So, uh, Veranda, your advice for travelers in the winter season here? 
You know what? I always tell people, you know, things are changing so rapidly now with just travel period and like new things that come out. So I tell people first, like when I send out my emails to tell them bon voyage, have a great trip. It's like pack your patience. Like just make sure you pack your patience. There's nothing we can do, especially when it comes to airlines, when it comes to weather, like the, those are two things that we just, we can't control. We don't, we don't own the planes. And of course we aren't mother nature. So we definitely can't control, control the weather. So it's like, just pack your patience. Um, I think travel insurance is a big key um, with that because if you get stranded somewhere or you have, you know, that those extra expenses of having to spend the night somewhere or, you know, your bag's not where it's supposed to be. Just all those different things that come with your flight being canceled and the delays and all that kind of stuff. Travel insurance definitely pays a big part. And at least that takes some of the worry off of you. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that, that's usually my advice during that is just, you know, pack your patience, stay calm and just know that, you know, eventually everything is going to circle around and get itself all worked out. You just have to, you know, just, have to go through it. <laughs> yeah, the travel insurance is an absolute must. It's got to be a Absolutely. priority. If, if you live anywhere cold and you know that, you know, snow yeah. is, is a, a possibility where you live and you want to fly out somewhere, you get that travel insurance and make sure you're yeah. set and, and everything yeah. there. So I, try, I live in I live in a small town in um, Alabama. I live in Huntsville, Alabama is my airport. So there's not many um, nonstop flights home or, you know, but I try yeah. to you know, if at all costs, I try to avoid like the Newark connections and the JFK connections, Chicago type stuff yeah. during the winter months if I can. But obviously, if you live there, that's not, you know, not as easily done. But yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yes. <laughs> Jumping over to destination news. Uh, Venice is proposing new regulations in their battle against over tourism. It wants to limit the number of walking tour groups to 25 or less people, and it also wants to ban the use of loudspeakers. This uh, comes on the heels of them implementing a small charge to day trippers beginning this year in the peak travel months. So, Veretta, your thoughts on Venice's latest decision? I I, I would personally agree. I think the 25 group, I don't think you get to, you know, hear as much, especially when you're walking through, you know, like St. Mark's Square and just trying to get those streets are kind of small anyway. So when you have like these 25 plus groups all over the place, I think it would get kind of crowded. So I'm in favor of doing something to kind of curve that and make it a little bit smaller. I wouldn't want to be in a group walking through with like 25. I feel like that you might as well just do your own little walking tour because yeah. you're not going to be able to hear. And especially with the loudspeaker, like that kind of just disturbs the whole vibe, I think, of, of the destination. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was honestly surprised that it's at 25. You know, that's probably a, a revenue, you know, thought in that yeah. <laughs> decision making process there. But 25 is a lot. And Venice yeah. is continually, you know, battling over tourism here. Cut it to 10. I Go more. You know, I, that's what I'm for. I, I think they should have done that. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, money, cash rules, everything. Right. So they're sure. going to go <laughs> with what they can get the, the most out of. But I love the fact that they're banning uh, loudspeakers too. And yeah, it, it, this helps the residents as well. So I'm all, all for this and, and Venice's decisions to uh, battle that over tourism and try to get people yeah. to uh, think twice about coming in the, the high seasons or, you know, how long they spend their time there. Or yeah, because it, like it, it just, it, it gets so crowded and then even just like hotel availability and all of that stuff kind of gets crazy. So I think, I think that's a great, a great plan. Mm -hmm. and, and other destination news after 
you know, Venice is, as I said, you know, doing that uh, charge for day trippers too. And then the peak travel months. Now you're going to have Greece is implementing a new tourist tax. This is being dubbed a climate tax for tourists and will start in 2024. The Greek government plans to use this increase in tourism to finance post-disaster reconstructive efforts as they had, you know, some fires and some floods going on. So this new regulation is expected to generate up to 300 million euros in additional revenue in 2024. The fee will vary depending on the travel season. So from March to October, the new tourist tax will increase accommodation costs and the fees for hotels will increase as follows. $1.50 euro per night for the one or two star hotels, three euros per night for the three, har- three star hotels, seven euros per night for four stars hotels and 10 euros per night for a five star hotel. It was previously only four euros for those at the highest tax for those five star hotels. So a little bit of a jump there. But Veranda, your thoughts on Greece's tourist tax here and just tourist tax in general? Does it say that it's just going to be, is it ongoing? Like, is it here forevermore or is it just something until they get, usually once they pay taxes, they don't take it back though. I was just wondering if it said anything about if they were I didn't if see it on if it was just a calendar year thing from uh, the news reports, but it seems like it would just be, yeah, it could be this year and then onward, but it seems like it's just for that peak, uh, that, that travel time period, just from that March peak. to October, and then uh, they'll reassess and probably, you know, decide the end of this year if they want to run it back for 2025, which they probably will, because they're going to be like, oh man, this was some great money for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's what I was wondering. That's usually what happens. I mean, so it's good if they're going to use the money to... Um, to, you know, refurbish some things and, and kind of recover from the disasters that they had. I think that's great. Um, and it's not such a big jump that I don't think people will just be like, oh, you know, I don't think a $10 a night euro thing is going to stop somebody from taking that trip to Greece that they were, you know, planning yeah. and thinking about doing for forever. So I don't think it's that bad. I just would hope that it wouldn't be for everything but you know that's that's kind of how taxes work once they yep. once they get us they don't really take it back <laughs> yeah i don't see that drop in so i think that's going to be here to stay for futures and just hope that they don't decide to raise it even more for 2025 right. on that but exactly. yeah some exactly. people were concerned about it some people increased that it might deter people from visiting in greece and that's why they didn't change tax last year but i i think people are still going to want to go to Greece. I've gotten so many requests for um, Greece lately. It, it seems to be like a hot spot. So now is probably the time for them to try to, you know, get the money if they can, because people are, people are really trying to get there and go enough to get trending up. So speaking of trending up is uh, <laughs> this new um, campaign from visit Lexington. And we got some interesting comments over on social media about this too. Uh, so Kentucky's, uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, has launched an interstellar tourism campaign geared towards aliens. So trending way up into the skies and beyond, uh, Visit Lex is the tourism organization for Lexington, Kentucky, and they beamed a coded message into space to attract alien tourists in a campaign titled, Hey Aliens, Look at Lexington. The message is estimated to take over 38 years to reach its destination in outer space and the transmission there. And uh, the experts there and the, the team of scientists and um, people they, they teamed up with for this project, they predict that if aliens actually view the message and they accept the invitation to visit, they wouldn't actually arrive until 2103, 2103, which is just a weird thing to like say as a, as a year because uh, right. I'll be dead then. But Veretta, your thoughts right. on this unique campaign and this interstellar <laughs> campaign here? I, I was looking at that and I was actually laughing to myself. All I could think about was the, the lady standing on top of the building in Independence Day, like, welcome, <laughs> you know, with a sign. Um, 
you know, to each his own. I think that, you know, Visit Lex could probably use that money a little bit more efficiently with getting some tours that could be there within the next year or two instead of a message that takes over 30 years to get to their target audience. But hey, yeah. you know, to each his own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess trying to appeal to the, the sci-fi, you know, traveler out there because you can come to to Lexington and, and leave a message in their time capsule and everything like that. But it, yeah, certainly interesting. I mean, definitely a marketing thing and got people talking and we we're talking about Lexington Kentucky sure. here on the podcast. So it for works sure. for them and, you know, something different to do other than drink bourbon. But, you know, may, maybe you want to drink a lot of bourbon and have a conversation with an alien one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I would love to get your thoughts out there, listeners on that campaign and anything else in the news that we discussed. It's podcast at travelpulse.com. You can drop me an email as that wraps up what has been trending in travel this week. Now we're going to jump over to our theme of the week and we're talking about 2024 travel trends. So Veranda, 2024, big year here. Um, travel is booming. We love it. Uh, what are you seeing as some of the big travel trends that'll take place this year? I'm getting a lot of requests. I have a, my client base is kind of, I think, just expanded from the traditional like Mexico and Caribbean type vacations and I'm getting a lot of requests for destinations that are just like out of the box for normally on what I was uh, doing. So like even this morning I had a call with somebody who's talking to me about Tanzania and Zanzibar, just trying to see some other beaches around the world. So I think just um, travelers are feeling more comfortable with going a little bit further um, than they traditionally have in the past. So I'm getting those requests for, you know, those those exotic beaches in like Thailand and Bali and like I said, Zanzibar, things like that. So that's um, what I've been seeing kind of coming my way. Just people being willing to go ahead and just go a little bit further and get out of their um, Caribbean comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. It's all about the experiences, right? That's a huge trend yeah. uh, that a lot of travelers have been, you know, really going big post pandemic here. And I see that continuing on and, and accelerating too in 2024 here as people want to, you know, do something different, do something unique. It's all about, you know, what can you almost, you know, a little bit, you know, brag about back to your, back to home, back to friends. Like, Hey, I did this, you know, post it on social and have all your friends have that FOMO and everything. So the the experiences side of things is certainly. Yeah. Really and big. I think that's the thing, like everybody's seeing these places like on TikTok and social media. So because of social media, we just have a different reach than, you know, we did you know, when I was growing up as kids, we kind of just saw whatever TV showed us, the commercials mm. that came on. But now with social media, we're seeing people all over the world. You can, you know, decide, oh, I want to go someplace and then search social media and kind of be there and pull it up and see what it's like. So people are, you know, just wanting to experience that and be able to put those Instagrammable shots out there for everybody. Definitely <laughs> so. And then uh, and on that note, it's kind of a group travel. That's a really big trend. Uh, progressing more too, whether that's, you know, the group of friends that are all going out and, you know, posting together so that they're not, you know, missing out uh, on things, or it's the, the multi-generation side of things, the family side that's uh, continually growing in travel is it's the group sector, right? Yeah. And that's, that's really where a, a bulk of my business comes in it because I have solo travelers. I just had a group um, to South Africa. We went for Christmas and I had people that were single, you know, they were single travelers, solo travelers on that group, but because they were, they didn't have anybody to necessarily go with them on the vacation, but they felt secure enough to come with the group because, okay, I'm here kind of by myself, but not by myself because I know I have the security of the group with me. So yeah, group um, and having those solo travelers within the group has been a big thing as well. 
Definitely. And another trend I'm seeing too, I mean, a lot of the posts out there and just different advisors too talking to is a slow travel, wellness travel, really focusing on, on, on the self care side of things, taking your time. You mentioned too, people traveling longer as well. So a big, a lot of growth there uh, in 2024. I don't see that slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, people, people are taking those, um, those mom getaways, those girlfriend getaways are coming. Um, I get a lot of calls about that as well too. Yeah. And that's sort of, uh, plays up to my next question here about travel resolutions. You know, everyone wants to set new year's resolutions as a big thing in travel. Uh, the travel side of it though, is you have to have a travel resolution, whether you commit to something personal resolution wise, or you believe in that sort of things. I certainly think everyone should have at least some sort of travel resolution. And my top travel resolution every year is always, you know, visit a new city. So what are some other travel resolutions that we should all be setting for 2024? Um, you know what? I tell people again, like you said, I, I'm I'm really big on the visiting someplace each year that I've never been before. Um, I think it just gives you a whole new perspective on um, just different cultures in general. Like I'm I'm not a foodie by any means, but um, you know, just just seeing what people eat and where people go and just the the type of things that people do. So I think that's a great one. Is you know, make sure you travel somewhere new. Um, and then also I think make sure you, you do something that's kind of like out of your comfort zone a little bit. If you always go to the beach, try, try a ski vacation, try something, you know, on vacation that you haven't done before, not just the destination, but also an experience because you never know, like you, you may think, oh my God, I don't want to go somewhere where it's snow because I don't want to get stuck in that, <laughs> in that traffic. But, um. But also, it may just give you a new perspective. It may open your eyes up to something that you didn't even think you liked, and you you may decide that that's something that you that you do want to do. So I think that's something too. Just try a different type of vacation as well as destination. Yeah, great advice too. And and for all those you know creatures of habits out there, you know, I understand a lot of people love to do you know that beach trip every year, as you, as you mentioned. So they may not give that up, but. Do something new, something different. Step out of the comfort zone, even at a familiar des- destination. So get unfamiliar yeah. with that familiar place out there, because, you know, like you said, you know, you never know what could, you know, really change your perspective on on a lot of different things, and then fall in love with that destination all over again for a completely yeah. new way. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, what's booking hot right now, destination wise? You you touched on a, a couple things already. So, uh, what uh, what else is, is trending up there, uh, destination wise, um, out there? Yeah, for me, I'm getting like I said, I got I have a lot of like um, the Asian countries are are coming up. Um, I've I've gotten a lot of questions about like I said, the Thailand, the Indonesias, um, even Japan has come up a couple of times with people. So I'm I'm working to learn some more about about that. But the Asian destinations are really getting popular, and I think it's just the beaches. And then also it's just being so economical as compared to being able to go to some of the Caribbean yeah. places. Um, right now, Asia is just really, you know, more economical okay. uh, for you people. It's a long flight. So, so, yeah, a lot of more bang yeah, you for your buck. you got to have more days to, to get there, yep. but your buck just goes uh, a lot mm-hmm. further in those Asian countries than, you know, going to some other places. Which is, yeah, I think another 2024 travel trend we're going to see is that resurgence of travel to Asia. You know, Europe was huge last year, and I don't know that you know, Asia will re- necessarily reach the levels of Europe, but it's going to be a really big 
year for Asia travel. And I absolutely love that because it's been a struggle, you know, post pandemic wise here and they were open up later and everything. So it's going to be big for, right. for, for Asia there. I'm huge on that. And some of that's alluded to, you know, some of the TV side of things and, you know, Asian destinations become really popular uh, in the Hollywood as well, too. But there's also, you know, some very safe destinations out there. There's uh, a lot of safe yeah. destinations around the world. We ran a safest destinations to travel in 2024. It's up on Travel Pulse. So you can check that out. But how often do you get questions regarding safety from your clients? Oh, almost every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, and I tell people it's I, I sell a lot of Mexico. So, of course, that I yeah. do a lot of destination weddings yeah. in Mexico. So Mexico is always in the news for something or another, but it's probably the place that I go the most every year. And um, the safety question always comes up. And, you know, I tell people for the most part, if you are doing the things that you would do here at home to be safe, generally you're going to be safe out of the country. You know, I try to do all of, you know, the excursions and transfers and all of that stuff for clients so that they know who's picking them up. They know where they're going. They know, you know, not to just get in cars with, you know, Ubers and things like that. Sometimes across countries, it just really depends, especially if you're by yourself. Um, but yeah, the safety question comes up a lot. Um, and you know, you, you, you can plan and things still happen, but I always tell people just be mindful. Like, you know, don't be flashy. Don't, um, you know, don't go places alone. Don't go walking down dark alleys. Just some of the common sense stuff that we wouldn't do at home. But sometimes people get on vacation and they think, oh, no, it's going to be fine. And, you know, those are usually the situations where it isn't fine. <laughs> so um, just I just I, yeah, safety is always a big concern um, for people. And I, I mean, I've been lucky enough that I haven't had any incidents while I've been traveling abroad where I felt unsafe. Um, but I also just, you know, try to practice, you know, those best practices that we, you know, that we know to stay safe and common sense here at home. I wouldn't go walking down the dark alley here right. at home. So I probably shouldn't do it when I'm somewhere else either. <laughs> yeah, especially in an unfamiliar destination on that. Yeah, yeah, safety yeah absolutely. Always absolutely. top of mind uh, for a lot of travelers out there. It's good, though, that, you know. Those people are coming to advisors for help and assistance on there. So speaking of our travel advisors and our travel advisor listeners, what's your advice to them on 2024 and how to excel, how to grow their business, any sort of wisdom you want to pass along to our travel advisor listeners? Um, I would just say, you know, just tell people to to be mindful and be cautious. I talk a lot. Um, it's funny, I, with doing a lot of stuff in Europe, you know, pickpocketing is really big sometimes in some, some European cities. So I kind of give people that advice. And I think as long as you educate people on like what to expect without trying to scare them, then I think that kind of helps them with um, managing their expectations. Cause I feel like that's a big thing when you, and it, and it goes to having an advisor that knows the destinations that they sell, because that way you can better inform your clients and just help, help them be prepared because you know exactly what you're selling them and what they're going to be getting into. Great advice. Great insight. So as we wrap up the podcast here, Miranda, any sort of uh, closing words you want to pass along to our listeners or how people can get in touch with you or follow you on social media or anything else you want to plug? Go. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, just I always, I always tell travel agents, I, I feel like the best travel agents are the agents that actually experience the destinations that they sell. So I feel like education is key for us in the travel industry. I think that's what sets us apart from people booking on their own is that we're supposed to be the subject matter expert. So I always push continuing education and I push networking. 
So that leads me into my shameless plug for the Association of Black Travel Professionals, because that is what we're all about, is educating and also networking with agents. So you can find us. Um, Association of Black Travel Professionals is on Facebook. And I also am just Miranda Atkins on Facebook. So if you guys have any questions or need to get in touch with me, that's how you can do it. Excellent. Thank you so much, Miranda. I really appreciate you taking time. Thank you time. so much for having me. <laughs> Wonderful. Have a great rest of your week, listeners, and a happy new year again in 2024 here. May you excel in your business to my travel advisors and to all travelers out there. May you visit several new destinations and have a wonderful year of travel. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. 